Welcome to Away From The Keyboard. We give you a glimpse into the lives, interests, and tech behind today's technologists. Please join our hosts, Cecil Phillip and Richie Rump, as we get away from the keyboard. Welcome to Away From The Keyboard, where technologists tell their stories of how they started, how they grew, how they learned, and how they unwind. My name is Richie Rump, and joining me is my co-host, Cecil Phillip. What's going on, Cecil? Not much, Richie. What's going on with you? I have just finished an amazing series on Netflix. Yeah, what's that? That Stranger Things. Oh, I've been hearing a lot of people talk about that show. What's, what's that about exactly? It's like this homage to the early 80s. It has a lot of influences from Steven Spielberg, especially E.T., as well as Stephen King. Um, you could definitely tell the It vibe that, that's, that they put into this. Other movies like Stand By Me and Explorers, it's kind of like a love letter to all of those really classic uh, and genre flicks back in the, the early 80s, kind of the stuff that I kind of grew up with. And it's a sci-fi series. It's really hard to think of it as a show, as a, as a TV show, as a series, because it really feels like an eight-hour movie. Really? Yeah. And, and the way they've produced it and the way they wrote it, it's definitely feels more cinematic than it does episodic. So um, it's, it's sci-fi, but it definitely has all those uh, genre feels of kind of like the early 80s. I even read they added uh, digitally, they added some, but like a filter to make it look like an 80s movie. Really? So yeah, it has some of the grainy effect and stuff like that. So that's really cool. So check it out, Stranger Things on Netflix. Nice. So, well... I'm still house hunting. Oh, man. It's been a couple of weeks, still house hunting. And actually, let me tell you a story about what happened to me. I actually found a pretty nice place. Found a nice place. We loved it. Put in an offer. Seller accepted the offer verbally. A couple of days after, we just, you know, we haven't been hearing from anybody. You know, no agent, no seller. You know, nobody's saying anything. The paperwork's not coming back. And um, maybe five days after, the guy comes back and he's like, sorry, um, we're going to sell the house to somebody else. Oh, jeez. And, and you know what really pisses me off about that whole thing is it's not the fact that he didn't want to sell us the house or he got a better offer. It's the fact that he had us wait for days. Yeah. You know, because again, days in real estate is, you know, it, it may as well be JavaScript years, right? Like, <laughs> like things come and go like very quickly on and off the market. And so, you know, if you want to get something that you want, something nice, you know, you want to have the chance to actually go in and look at it and that type of thing. You need to get in there quickly, right? So wasting five days is a lot of time down the drain. But, you know, that's just, that's just how it goes sometimes. So, you know, if anybody else is house hunting, definitely watch your back a little bit because these people will definitely jerk you around. That's horrible, man. Yeah, ridiculous. So sorry to hear about that, man, but I hear we have some events coming up. Maybe that'll cheer you up. Yeah, man. You know what? Code in the Beach is, is definitely probably one of my favorite conferences to go to every year. Um, so that's going to be August 12th through 14th in Jacksonville, Florida. Always a pretty good time. And, you know, folks, there are talking about JavaScript. They're talking about different types of databases, talking about careers. And, and it's on the beach. So it doesn't get any better than that, right? No, absolutely not. Code on the Beach is a phenomenal conference. And I recommend it to anyone. It's, it's such a great time. You've got a spa there in the hotel. You have the beach in the back. There's... There's like multiple bars, <laughs> kind of if you're into that kind of thing, right, right. you know. So uh, it's a blast. It's a it's a fun time, and there's actually a bunch of learning. Nice, 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 nice. So what else do we have going on, Richard? On August 23rd, we have my favorite event on the South Florida calendar, 
That's Tech Night at the Ballpark. Tech Night at the Ballpark is a networking slash baseball game that we have for the South Florida technical community. It's going to be held on August 23rd, starts at 530. We'll have an hour and a half full of networking and talking probably not about baseball. And at 7 o'clock, the Marlins will play the world champion Royals. And the Marlins, they're doing pretty good. They're in the uh, playoff hunt. So tickets are a very inexpensive $15. So if you're interested in that, go to TechNightTheBallpark.com. So who are we talking to today? So today we're talking to Jen Underwood. So Jen is the founder of Impact Analytics LLC. She has over 20 years of experience in hands-on development of data warehouses, hybrid data integration, reporting, dashboards, and predictive analytics. In addition to keeping a constant pulse on the analytics market, she's held a product management role on the SQL Server, Business Intelligence, and Power BI teams. Wow. Let that, let that soak in for a second. Okay, no soaking. So Jen's also been honored to be a former Tableau Zen master. Huh. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, what I find fascinating is that we have Jen, who's been doing this for 20 years, on the SQL Server team, Power BI team, was also do- done a lot with Tableau. And we talked about gators in her backyard. You know, you kind of just spilled the beans a little bit, Richard. Yeah, just just a little bit. But, you know, sometimes y- you know where the ride is going, but the ride is fun anyway. <laughs> that That's so true. That's so true. But, you know, we had a lot of fun talking to Jen. So I'm, I'm definitely excited for everybody to hear this episode. This episode is recorded on June 30th, 2016. And now our conversation with Jen Underwood. And now, away from the keyboards, feature conversation. My name is Jen Underwood. I've been in the technology industry now for 20 years. I can't believe it. It was May of 1996 that I drove in my little Mercury Lynx from Wisconsin to Tampa, Florida. And I stopped in Atlanta and I faxed a final exam. My parents were angry because I wouldn't walk down, you know, wait and have a graduation party. But I told them I wanted to live in Florida. And that was my party. (laughs) But yeah, it's been 20 years. It's been an exciting time. I've spent about 15 years in development, starting with web development and database development, and then consulting for some small firms and big firms. And then I got recruited to Microsoft back, I think it was in 2011, and worked in the field there and also was recruited into product management for a little product called SQL Server. And that was quite fun. Worked for a little company called Tableau and disrupted the BI industry. Then did a little bit of independent consulting. And then I got recruited back to Microsoft again. And then recently we broke up again. And now I'm independent again. And I'm actually having a really, really fun time. So now I'm helping multiple vendors with product design, go-to-market strategy, content, messaging, positioning, all sorts of different types of projects, but applying some of the knowledge that I gained through the years now to help build better products. Wow. That's, that's a lot of stuff. Um, I know, right? So let's take a step back a little bit because I, I want to I talk about why did you decide to forego your graduation party and jump in a car and move to Florida? Oh, because it was so cold. It snowed in May in Wisconsin. And I was just tired of being cold. I I had in my, (laughs) when we were kids, my dad drove down to Orlando 
And I remember I got really sick because I was playing in the puddles in Wisconsin in whatever it was, March or April, whenever we, we decided to go. So I got really sick and I, I only remember a little bit of the trip. And I remember telling my dad, wow, it's so beautiful here. Why do we live where we live? And he said, well, let, you, little lady, when you grow up and you go to college and you graduate, you can do anything you want to do and you can live here if you want to live here. And I said, I'm going to do that, dad. Ah, uh, so it's his fault. So since I was a little girl, I had a picture of you know palm trees and blue water and sunshine because Wisconsin's gray and cold most of the time, kind of Seattleish but colder. And I said, nope, I have my heart set on this. This is this is what I want. And I knew as a kid that that is absolutely what I wanted. So Chen, you realize that here in Florida, things are trying to kill you. Gator and his head, he was doing something the other day that just didn't look quite right with his mouth wide open. And then there looked like there was a baby gator on its back. And I'm like, well, what the heck is that? Where were you? At home. I've got gators in my backyard. What? You didn't know that? That's like one of my, that's one of my things. I thought it was the deer. No, there was well, actually yeah, gators deer, trying to right? eat the deer. Gators come to eat the deer. They haven't gotten one yet, but they did get someone's dog. Oh, they got someone's dog? Yeah. I, I was told day one when I moved here to keep the dogs inside because, and it was apparently a large dog. They had him in the back just for a couple minutes, came back, and it was eaten. Oh, oh my gosh. And I had multiple families as we were moving in, and they saw that we had dogs tell me this story, so I know it's real. That, that's so, okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm floored. Um. No, so, I, I this post is the, these things. I do a Facebook. No, I, I know, I, I know, I know. But, but this is the type of stuff that did you hear in the crazy pages on the Florida internet, right? I mean, uh, up something insane happened. Must have been in Florida, right? But I mean, you live there, right? I mean, you live. Yeah, in no, I live on a gator crazy pond, gator town. And I literally saw a bizarre <clears throat> gator the other day. Its mouth was opening and closing, so I got the binoculars out. I'm like, what on earth is it eating something? But it wasn't. And then it had a baby gator near it so i'm like did it just have a baby or what was that so i I don't know what that was but yeah no i we have gators um i'm very attuned to the to knowing that they're around and being conscious of that because they're literally 15 i mean they're right behind my my office here so you could be sitting there or maybe on a conference call or whatever oh, and yeah. you, you turn your head and oh, boom yeah. there's a gator right there oh yeah and not like one of these sleazy University of Florida gators. I mean, like like a real one. Oh, no, it's a real deal. Oh, yeah, a real deal it could, in my backyard. And I watch them all swim by. That's crazy. If, the dogs, if I do have the dogs out, we have a, a screened-in pool, they'll smell them. And I didn't realize this. I put two and two together after a while that they seem to come by a little more often if I've had the dogs out or if we've been hanging out on the, on the screened-in lanai part. I'm like, they smell the dogs. Oh, my. Amazing. So, so is, is can you put a fence back there and, oh, hell no. and whatnot? They can climb. So gators can. You know this. They can. Climb I know fence. this. Yes. No. There's no. There's absolutely no fence going on. I'm just hoping it doesn't ring the doorbell. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> <laughs> because my uh, my sister lives just kind of kind of south of me and up against a, a man-made lake. And of course, as we all know, gators can walk, so you can't really keep gators out of lakes and streams and canals and stuff and we're always kind of worried that you know the kids are playing back in the backyard and you know uh there goes one of the kids and 
and they have seen gators swimming out there. Now, th- now it's pretty infrequent where she lives, but it still kind of floors me. It's like, yeah, we got huge gators flowing back there. Like that's that would freak me out pretty hard. No, you get used to them. <laughs> they're just a, they're just a pet out there. Well, no, I would I wouldn't I wouldn't swim. <laughs> and yeah, you you keep a respectful distance. So when I first came, I threw a stick at one, thinking, "Go away." And it came at me. So I said, okay, I get it. You win. This is your territory, not mine. I, I completely get it. Uh, so it didn't even hiss? <laughs> did, did, so it, it turned and kind of well, ran towards you? it came at you? me. It was pissed. Um, oh. Yeah. So I learned, this is right when we first moved in, and it was staring. And I'm like, get out of here. And there's this little stick thing by my feet. So I threw it out there, and it came flying at me. So I'm like, all right, I'm in the house. Oh, my gosh. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not that, you know, as, as it was, I realized I was put in my place by the gator. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to challenge it. <sighs> wow. So, so. If you, actually, if you go out there right now, and I've done this with my sister so she could see them. If you scan the water at night, they're, they'll go back and forth in the ponds at night looking for food. You can see their eyes. They look like police lights because of the. The shining of the light and the way the light yeah. reflects back. And she was freaked out because she didn't realize. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're out there. They're looking for food. Oh, my. <sighs> That's just, great. That's and, my backyard. And, and if you, you don't live, like, in the sticks or anything. No, you, no, no. You live in a populated area. I do. It is. I just happen to live. There's a larger-sized pond, and then there's a nice nature preserve that I hope they never build on. Um, but it's back there, and that's where the deer are coming. Uh, they they live in that nature preserve. Wow, wow! So you've got a lot going on back there. That's just it's just yeah, not yeah. Uh... bobcats. I've got raccoons. I've got a possum that I've been battling with with the garden. I've got. The bird feeder, and I have to keep track of if the hawks come to eat the other birds. We've got owls, all sorts of critters. But that's why I picked this house, is I love nature and animals. And that was something that was really important to me, to feel a part of nature. Well, it seems like you're a little bit more part of the nature than... We had a lot. We had a very large, dark. I'm trying to think. It was like a huge black snake that had decided it wanted to live in our garage. Um, and my husband and I could not get that thing out. So uh, we we decided it too could could move on in. Oh my god! And then we had one, and I didn't realize it. It, it slithered in. Um, and I posted this, I think, on Instagram. It looked like it was going after one of the dog's tennis balls, and so we took a picture of it. And then Kevin eventually took some. Um, so if anybody comes here for a barbecue, those little twang things, and we threw that thing out the door, it was not welcome in the house. Oh my! Yeah, it's just in the wild over here. I was just about to ask you, what about snakes? Because yes, uh, next, totally next to gators, yeah, snakes are the the things that I'm most scared of living in Florida. Really? Oh man! Oh, don't even get me started, snake. I, I, gosh, this must have been about. 12 years ago i was outside mowing the lawn here back when i used to do such domestic things oh and i you know was under one of those some of those big uh foliage and i picked it up and i had the mowing lawn in it and out came a snake and i went screaming like a girl right back into the house Ah! 
yeah. And that was it. And oh, I had a service no. ever since. I'm, have... the, I'm like the opposite. So I'm a little risque on some of those things. When I first dated my husband, I took him to the alligator. It was the alligator river. I'm like, hey, look, let's let's go check it out. And he's freaking out because he's from the military and he's not into that stuff. So um, and recently when we had a couple of these snakes, I'm like, oh, babe, look. And I'm like, that one's not poisonous. You can actually grab it. He's like, you don't touch a snake. <laughs> Yeah, not me. No. It still has teeth oh and fangs God, and yes, it slippery does. stuff. It, it does, but I'm like, because it was all wrapped up in his bike. I'm like, we can get it out of there. Oh. Oh. Anyways, we digress. No, that that was not digression. That was a show. Um. So, <laughs> anyway. Dan, Dan, the life of Jen Android. Yes, taking the dogs out, hoping they don't get hit by, get hit by cars as I go darting out the, you know, the road. So what about pythons? Have you seen any of those around? Because I was yeah, I don't know. What do they look like? Are they the ones they with look... diamonds on them? Uh, I believe they've got some sort of pattern like that, and they're the big, thick ones. Yeah, we have them. Oh my gosh! And we have these super cute. They're super cute ones. They're tiny, with a little orange stripe around their head. I don't know those. I know if I can, if I see a coral snake, I'm about to freak out. Because those are extremely poisonous. I, I need to learn. Stuff. So sometimes I post these things to Instagram and whatnot, and a couple people will chime in and tell me what it is. Yeah, I think we've got, uh, I think there's three or four poisonous types of snakes um, that we have in Florida. It's the coral snake, the uh, rattlesnake, and and I missed the water moccasin. Those are kind of oh, like our poisonous those. snakes. Yeah, I have run into those. I don't think I've ever seen a rattle. Uh, one of our former guests, uh, Kendall Van Dyke, uh, caught one in his house in Orlando. Oh. Yeah, it was a it was a baby one, but still, I mean, those can, yeah. you know, mess with the kids. Oh, absolutely. If, That's bad. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. It, it's, uh, it's, it's dangerous out here, ladies and gentlemen. Don't come to Florida. It's out yeah, to kill you. Yeah, don't come to Florida. It's not here. <laughs> no, you won't like it. <laughs> yeah, That's right. We're overpopulated already, people. Thank you very much. You are like it here. Florida's full. <laughs> all all the technical help. jobs are either in San Diego, or San Diego, Silicon Valley, so San Francisco, San Mateo, or go to Seattle because that's Seattle. where it's at. Those two places. Yeah, yeah, Seattle. Except Seattle has that opposite problem of Florida does. Exactly. Where there's just like no sun. I was shocked when uh, at the summit uh, this past year we actually had like an afternoon of sun. I was floored. Mm, still pretty chilly. Last summer. It was so hot. You know, I was, it was hotter than Florida. It was a dry hot. So I think the summers there are very, very unpredictable. So you don't know if it's going to be kind of chilly because I've certainly done summers up there where it was very chilly. And I came from Florida in complete shock. Said, oh, my God, I have to actually go buy <laughs> winter clothes. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Not normal people's winter clothes, but Florida people's winter clothes because it was yes. in the 70s. Um, but last summer I went there and I remember I was roasting. I'm like, this is crazy, but it was a dry hot, and I wasn't used to the dry hot because I'm used to this thick humidity that I absolutely love. And a lot of people hate humidity. I love it. My skin loves every. Oh, I just love it. I'm uh, I'm the same way as you. I I I love it. I I I ran a couple days ago where it was uh, 85% humidity and about uh, 87 degrees. It's like it feels like 102. Oh, that's tough. It's hard to get a car right now. So when I bring in the car, I have to let it run for a while. And I kind of looked at my neighbors today, and they saw that I was turning on the car and aircon and everything. And I'm like, don't take the car. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
So you graduated, moved down mm-hmm. to Florida, mm-hmm. right? What school did you go to, actually? Oh, great question. So I went to University of Wisconsin in Milwaukee, the Panthers. Ah, okay. And before I came down, looked for roles on the BBS boards and was tooling around with HTML in Notepad and all those exciting things that were happening those at that time of our lives. Was that like your first? Um, was it your first dive into building software, or did you did you study um, you know computer science in school? So I had some database classes and I had statistics classes and it was trying to be lured into the MIS program, but it was going to take another year. It would add a year onto my program. So I chose not to. However, the computer room, the lab, I would dominate, oh, I don't know, three, four machines at a time. It was somewhat of an obsession back then. And they, I mean, there were so many machines available. It's not like people were waiting in line at the time and they were empty. I'm like, I can't believe. And I would have all sorts of things running on different machines and I, I missed my calling earlier in school, but I just was too cheap to, and impatient too. I mean, at the time, you know, when you're six, at that time, I think I'd been to school already five years and I was working a third shift job. And what I did is I would work 11 to seven and I would then have breakfast and drive down to Wisconsin, the school. And then I would sleep from something like three to, to nine. It was just a horrible schedule. So I couldn't wait to get the hell out of, out of there. And just be done with that lifestyle. And I remember thinking to myself at the time, because it was very, very difficult to work full time and go to school full time, even just on that schedule, because you get altered. You just get altered um, in your eating habits and, and everything else. And I'm like, well, doctors can do it, so I can do it. I'm tough enough. I'll, I'll, I'll do this. Uh, but I did, but I couldn't, I couldn't wait to get out of there fast enough. Wow, that, that must have been ridiculously hard. I don't blame yeah. you for jumping in the car and driving to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. I think I laid on the beach for, you know, the first couple weekends and that I was, you know, I got a job right away. And at the time there was only $800 in my account. My dad wouldn't co-sign anything. He's with, they were so mad. Uh, they're like, you're on your own sink or swim. Fine. I'll make it. I'll find a way to make it. And I, I rented a room in a house. It was very scary for a young girl. I think about it now. And I was cute back in the day. So I'm like, Oh my gosh. I rented a room in somebody's house until I was at the job long enough to get an apartment, an official apartment. And I'll remember the day that I got my apartment. It was uh, probably a really big apartment group that maybe even be down by, by you, Richie, is Carlton Arms. It's massive hmm. apartments. And I still have this affection for Carlton Arms because they called the employer and they, they do the check and the employer loved me and they were great. And I had my security deposit and everything ready to go. I had nothing in that apartment, but I was so happy. Um, I had, I finally, I bought a bed and I bought a table and I bought a fax machine. Those are my first three purchases. And the reason why I bought a fax machine was so that I could make some extra money in sales, um, selling interior products to, to kind of pay for student loans and get on my feet. And then I figured the rest of it will just come. If I can figure out, you know, how to get my get these student loans paid off and get, you know, figure this out. I can work really, really hard and, and it'll work out. And it did. It all did in the end. I look, but I look back at that time and it built character because literally I would have something like I'd look each week. I'm like, okay, I've got about five bucks this week. And I'm like, okay. So if anybody asks me to go anywhere, they've got to pay. Okay. <laughs> but that the, the first couple years of getting on your feet, um, 
I remember I got my first pay raise to twenty five thousand, and I'm like, oh my god, it's the best thing ever. Uh, so it was it was quite exciting. Um, so it's really I come from very humble, very humble beginnings where my parents didn't have anything, and I think it was knowing that there's and I still I have a it's a weakness in me now a survival mentality. To, I cannot fail. There's no one to fall back on if I fail. So I must do the right thing. And the good things will happen to me. And I also need to be smart about what I do and not stupid because otherwise I'll be under a bridge. Um, and my, my husband gets so angry with, with this mentality that I have. But I think it also helps me not get lazy or complacent. I'm kind of wondering, so when you decided to come down to Florida, did you in your mind have a plan and ready uh, already in place? Or was it kind of like, hey, I need to be in Florida. I'm going to get down there and I'm going to figure it out while I'm there. Oh, I had set up interviews and figured somebody, because I wasn't greedy, would figure out. And then when they realized the skill sets that I was bringing down, and I graduated with honors and whatnot. So I had enough interviews set up, and I was going to work multiple jobs anyway. I just came with the $800 in my pocket and said, I'm going to make this work. Wow. And, and made a bet on it. And I bet obviously turned off. That's it, did. it wasn't easy, though. Like I said, I mean, there were weeks that I was scared. There was weeks that I fell behind in credit card bills. And I remember getting calls and I remember I hated to answer my phone. And I had one boss once um, because I didn't even have health insurance at the time. There was a group that was bugging me about I think it was Discover Card. They were bugging me and bugging me. And he says, I'll pay them a thousand dollars just to get them off your back because you do such great work. I'm like, oh, you know, that was so nice. It was things like that, um, that when I learned if you just do a really good job and you help your bosses succeed, things will, or you just do the right things. Because I was doing all the right things. I just, nothing was easy. Everything was hard. So, Jen, when, if people want to find out more about you and, you know, what you're doing today, like, like what's the best place for them to contact you are you are you working for your own company now like how does that how does that work i am uh so i never did shut down my company when i was recruited back to microsoft smart girl well the thing was so i initially and i don't think a lot of people realize this i got called when james phillips came in as a vp to brief the product team on the market in the industry and i did that in july so i didn't join until october but I gave them a briefing and spent a few days with the product team, you know, helping with design of the product and telling them what I loved. And even from a go-to-market strategy perspective, some things and challenges, having worked in Microsoft's sales field before, that really needed to improve if they were going to be serious players uh, against folks like Click, Tableau, and, and other niche players that were rocking it out of the park. And... Immediately, I got called, oh, about a week or two after that engagement. Hey, do you want to come on and, and join the team and help us with, um, with what we're doing? And I said, you know, I need to think about this because there, there's a lot of feelings from going through a non-compete. It's very scary to think about being unemployed for a year. And certainly, I took a massive hit in income the first year while I was starting my business. And I finally, by the time Microsoft had called, I'd finally gotten the business to a pretty good place had some good uh, good accounts, and you know, you know, when you're freelancing, finding good accounts that pay on time or pay earlier is like that's dreamboats, yeah. and that's where I finally had gotten to. So that was kind of tough decision of, do I go back? And I'll have the steady income, but oh, I'm I'm kind of having fun. I called it playing. I was playing around with, the, and I had nice customers, 
so I left the business and I said, well, let's see um, if we, we finally would have different conversations back and forth. And, and I decided and I felt very uncomfortable. And that's probably one of the signs um, that you may not be making the best decision for yourself is if you feel very, very uncomfortable. And a lot of people don't realize this, but I'd even been recruited back to Microsoft earlier and I had a panic attack on my very first day and I quit on my very first day. Oh, gosh, I don't know. Way before, way before that October 2014 Um and and I just said I, I can't I can't do it. Wow! <laughs> I can't come back. <laughs> um. So the second time coming back, it took a lot, and I said I'm going to keep the business open. I didn't bill any any revenue, so I even just looked at my my billings. Uh, the past two months, I made more than I did the first six months of 2013 and 2014. Had nothing, or I can't remember. Well, I'm mixing all my years right now, but I remember the, the year before. Because I wouldn't bill anything. I thought Microsoft is paying me healthy. I don't need to take extra income, which is a whole other topic we could go nuts on, by the way. But I wouldn't take any extra money from just an ethical standpoint. I felt it was wrong. Um, so I had no money. But I left and I paid for my insurances for the, co- for the company and all the things that you need to do to stay legal with the state. Because I wanted to have it. And so did my husband. My husband actually really likes the company. He always jokes that he wants to, he wants to join so, yeah, I've kept it alive. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm having a lot of fun with it. And it's a little different. Uh, this time around, I'm helping people, like I'd said earlier, with product design, technical marketing and content. And, you know, how are they going to market? How are they communicating their product? And just sharing some ways for them to improve their, their product and, and doing a little bit of playing. So I'm going to go to SQL Saturday in Charlotte and see some buddies up there. I guess it's in October and I would call that playing. And I'm going to go to IT Dev Connections, and I'm going to call that playing. You know, I'll give a session or two, but I'm going to see people. It's going to be fun. Um, so I'm just kind of having fun right now. We'd like to thank Jen for being a guest on the show. It was great to have the opportunity to chat with her. If you like the show, please tell your friends and leave a comment on the website at awayfromthekeyboard.com. Also, remember to check us out on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash AFTK podcast and on Twitter at AFTK podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Cecil Phillips and Richie at Jarris. That's J-O-R-R-I-S-S. You can subscribe to the show via the website on SoundCloud or on iTunes. And if you really want to know what makes us tick, sign up to our newsletter and you'll get extra episodes and behind the scenes access to Away From The Keyboard. Next and Away From The Keyboard, again, for the second time, we'll have data and business intelligence expert Jen Underwood. Round two. Part two gets a little more serious. Uh oh. This sounds like trouble. Oh, we're we're always trouble. <laughs> That's for sure. Alright, man. See you guys next time. Peace. We want to thank you for listening to Away from the Keyboard. As a reminder, we will have new episodes each and every week. You can interact with us on Twitter at AFTK Podcast or at awayfromthekeyboard.com. Hasta luego!
And so how did you end up, like, were you always an outdoors type person or is this something that you kind of developed um, later on? In Wisconsin, I loved to play outside. I just froze my, my rump off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Sorry, Richie. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I got it. I just prefer <laughs> that. <laughs> No, no. I've always, I've, always, I've always played outside. I always had to. You know, I was a typical kid, and parents would say, got to come home in the lights, street lights come on. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Richie, you got anything else, buddy? Uh, I, I think that's it. I think Are you good. freezing your rump off over there? Are you good? Uh, no, <laughs> I, I am not. You can swap I, me the next uh, time you see me. I deserve it. <laughs> But when when uh, she was talking about young things, Cecil, I'm pretty sure she was talking about you. I don't I don't think so, man. I don't you know I don't think uh, the old dudes would like me too much. <laughs> Those old folks? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think that I might I might not be their type. 